your father, your biological father on this earth really can give you a distorted picture of who God is. This is Camus. And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big miraculous ways all the way down to small everyday things. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good. It's Camus this week and this week I have Anna Benetham with me. And I know Anna from CORE, an evangelistic school we both went to last year. And Anna was my roommate, so we were really close friends, still are. And so I asked her if she would share her story with us today. But before we get into it, Anna, would you mind telling us all where you're from? Yes, so I am originally from Columbus, Georgia. And that's where I'm residing right now, but I'm actually attending university at Southern Adventist University in Tennessee. Oh, I know. It's so cool and crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's pretty cool. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your religious background growing up? Sure thing. So my on my mom's side, she grew up Adventist and my grandparents on her side are Adventist. So on that side, I'm third generation Seventh-day Adventist. So I did grow up um, with both my parents My dad actually converted to Adventism as a young adult. So third generation on my mom's side, um, I guess second generation on my dad's side. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is because I'm second generation because both my parents are converts. Yes. All righty. Well, thank you for letting us know. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you mind if I pray before we get into your story? Yes, please. I'll see. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for this beautiful day and for this chance to get together and to just talk about the things that you're doing in our life. Thank you for Anna and for her being willing to share her story with us today and just be with her and give her the words of what to say and just impress it upon our hearts that we may learn from her story. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So yeah, as I mentioned, I did grow up um, Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, my parents have a pretty cool testimony. My mom, my mother is Romanian. She was born in Romania. And, and she, as I mentioned, did grow up Adventist. My grandfather was a convert. And when she was in her late 20s, um, it was communist in Europe at this time. So she grew up in communist Romania. She actually had to um, escape to Hungary with my uh, uncle, her younger brother. She eventually made her way over to the United States to a health institute called Uchi Pines in Seal, Alabama. She wanted to become a medical missionary. So that's how she came over to the US. Obviously it's a really long, complicated story, but that's kind of the gist of it. And then on my dad's side, um, he grew up not really being religious at all from New York City. That's where he was born. His parents divorced quite messily when he was young. So, you know, he just didn't have a great home life. Um, I think they were nominally Catholic or something like that, but they didn't really go to church. Yeah, he used to be into a lot of, you know, things that weren't the greatest, like alcohol and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, But he he found the Lord when he was, as I said, in his mid-30s. And eventually he also made his way to Uchi Pines 
the health institute um, and he was working in the health food store. And so, yeah, my parents met there. It's really cool. You know, all she was born in Romania. He was born in New York City. Like there was no way they ever could have possibly ended up meeting, but they did. Um, they got married and then they had me and eventually my younger sister. So, yeah, I, I grew up um, with that. Both my parents really loved the Lord, really loved the church. And so that was always a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, growing up, you know, we had worship every single night. We would sing and read stories and read the Bible. Um, I always knew my Sabbath school, Sunday school lesson for church. Mm-hmm. I always memorized a little Bible verse text. Um, yeah, There's so I many always, of them. <laughs> I always got the little stickers on Sabbath on my chart. Um, yes, I knew them. Uh, we were really strict vegans, didn't have like eggs or ice cream or cheese or yogurt or like candy bars or real pizza, um, <laughs> a lot of things until I was much older, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's interesting. That's not very common, I feel. <laughs> um, but when you're, you're a child, you don't know. So yeah, no, I, I had a, a really awesome childhood growing up. But my dad was quite strict, so we we weren't really allowed to ever step out of line or uh, throw tantrums or, you know, just behave inappropriately. And, you know, kids do that sometimes, regardless of how good a parent you are. And um, he, he was quite strict to the point that sometimes my sister and I um, were afraid, you know, to tell him when we had done something wrong or when we got in trouble because we were scared um, of what the punishment was going to be and of, you know, his anger. Not that he was ever abusive or anything like that, just that he was quite harsh sometimes. And um, this really influenced how I, I saw God in my life. And I think that's very common that your father, your biological father on this earth really can give you a distorted picture of who God is just because of that connection there of God is our father. And that will come back into play later on. But so I had a really strict, strict um, father growing up. And so that really influenced how I saw God in my life. Um, yeah. My sister and I, my mom, she's really musical. So she taught us the piano, the violin, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, we, we started singing special music <laughs> when I was like five and my sister was three so I have like a really long history of doing that sort of thing yeah so very very active in the church my mom mom taught kindergarten my dad was uh, an elder uh, school board chair of our little Christian school wow so like super super involved yes (laughs) so um I started attending our church school in first grade and I love school uh, because I excelled so I love things that I'm good at. Um, but I love school and I, and I got good grades and I loved learning and I just love being around other kids. And, you know, it was just a good time for me, but it was interesting around third grade. I think it was like, what's that? Eight, nine, maybe. Yeah. And that, um, I had always been like a really, 
I had always been like a really active child, you know, most children are. You like to play at recess and climb trees and run around at the park, whatever, whatever. Um, but around third grade, I started getting like really hungry, like all the time. And I was just hungry. Mm-hmm. So I'd ask my mom, you know, to, like pack me extra food in my lunch bag and that sort of thing. And I was still really active, but it, it was really strange in the space of like, nine months like a school year Mm -hmm. I had really gained a lot of weight Mm -hmm. so like to the point where I was probably considered obese um and it was it didn't really matter to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I was a child um a lot of times children don't really think about those things that much Mm because I was still really active you know like it didn't really like obese in the sense that my BMI was in that spectrum, but not obese in the sense that like it inhibited my walking or running or anything like that. Okay. But um, yeah, I, I was. So in third grade, it started and it just continued every year. You know, I was gaining a lot more weight than was than what was healthy for me. But it didn't really bother me. You know, I had friends and I was doing well in school and I love my teachers and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, you start getting into your preteen years and you start changing, your hormones start changing, the way you see guys and yourself starts changing. And all of a sudden I realized I did not look the way that everybody was supposed to look. Mm -hmm. Um, Not the way that people looked in the movies or, you know, um, or the way my best friend looked or the way the the models did in the in the store when I was shopping for clothes and I realized that there was something wrong with me and I took it really hard at this stage in my life when I got about 12 13 and it was all I could think about like it literally took over every aspect of my life it was always in the back of my mind that Anna you don't look good right now. Um, you know, you're ugly, you're fat, um, you're overweight. And that's what everybody sees when they look at you. And that was always, always, always in the back of my mind. Um, not that I never had any good times in those years, not that I didn't have fun and friendship. Um, I had some really good times, but that was always in the back of my mind. And it really affected everything in my life. So I would go, you know, you're still growing at that age, you need new clothes. And all the dresses that I liked, you know, all the pretty dresses, the ones that looked so beautiful on the hanger, they just wouldn't zip. And um, it was just, you know, excruciating to go through five dresses like that. Mm -hmm. You think, okay, this one didn't fit, maybe the next one, maybe the next one. And if they did fit, they just didn't look good at all, because they weren't made for somebody who had a body like mine, right? So I hated going shopping, especially, you know, I love the beach. I love water. I love swimming. Mm -hmm. Um, But I hated, hated bathing suits. Me and bathing suits did not go well together. And uh, I think it really affected my view of myself and my confidence. And as I mentioned before, my my self-esteem. So my self-esteem really tanked. And I, I know that your self-esteem already takes a hit when you're a preteen, like just biologically, it just goes down. But I think mine took an extra, extra nosedive um, from the way that I looked and how that influenced my thinking. Mm. 
um, freshman year of high school, my church school only went up to eighth grade. So, you know, I, I had to go to public high school. Yeah. My parents didn't want to send me away to uh, a Christian Adventist Academy. They thought I was too young. So I went to public high school and I didn't know anybody <laughs> when I started, not one person. Mm-hmm. And imagine uh, my church school had like 16 people in the entire school. And then this high school, this public one that I went to had 1600 kids and I didn't know anybody. So that combined with, you know, the way I felt about myself and how I looked, um, that was just recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, I really, that first semester of my ninth grade year was really hard. Probably every day I came home and just cried about it. (laughs) And my poor parents, you know, they were like, I don't know what's wrong. Like, what do I do about this? Like your daughter's just coming home every day from school, just crying. Um, So it was, yeah, it was hard. And to be honest, high school was never, well, obviously it was never like it was in the movies, but we know that. Um, But it was never that place for me where I like grew and thrived and like spread my wings and I never, I had, I, I did have friends, you know, as I, as I um, kept attending and got used to it, I made friends and great friends, you know, but mm-hmm. it was never like that was my comfort place or my security um, or that I ever hung out with the people there outside of school. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't that kind of thing, but, but I am really thankful that I had my family and I had my church at the, um, so I had all those people around me at the time as a support system. So I wasn't alone, but I didn't really have like all these friends that you just imagine for yourself, you know, when you're a teenager. Yeah, especially like when you're young, it's like important, like especially like when you're a teenager to like have those friends like outside of church and outside mm-hmm. of your family. Like it doesn't matter how supportive your family is or your church, like you Mm -hmm. still for some reason feel this desire to have friends outside of it and I don't know if it's like to prove you or like I'm likable or what it is but like it's super important to us and yeah because it's like that means something because I went out and I made those friends Mm -hmm. and that means that people genuinely like me not because they have to because they go to my church or because it's my mom yeah (laughs) that sort of thing no Yeah. So high school, you know, it was pretty turbulent in the beginning, but I got through it, obviously, with the Lord's help. And at this time in my life, God wasn't really um, part of my life. Um, You know, he really wanted to be, Mm -hmm. but I just, it wasn't even that I didn't want him there. I didn't think he wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, And this kind of goes back to that view I had of God. Um, you know, we all, I mean, I would love to stop sinning, right? I would love to stop making the mistakes that I make and stop falling into temptation and stop, you know, getting annoyed and, you know, speaking words out of anger. And we all would like to do that, but, you know, we, we try and we fail and then we get back up and the cycle continues and God, you know, in the best case scenario comes into our lives and, you know, redeems us and changes us and, he slowly transforms us into 
his character, the best versions of ourselves. But I just felt that every time I messed up, you know, pretty common for me when I was at that age, every time I, I sinned or committed some act against God, I felt that he was so angry and so disappointed in me mm. and that I had to fix it before I could come to him. And I think that's a pretty common view a lot of people have of God. Yeah, but definitely. mine was just to the point where, um, like, I, I imagined that I knew exactly what he was thinking of me. Mm. And that it was even worse that I had grown up in a Christian home because I should know better. Mm. And I had all of this light and I knew everything. So I thought there was to know, you know, and so what more could be done for me? You know, yeah. like, it's not like he can come and send somebody to give me light that I don't know or to comfort me or to, you know, help me because I knew everything. So if you, if I couldn't do it right with all the tools possible to help me, then what more could God do for me or what more could he want to do for me? That's, that's how I thought about it. Yeah. Um, just that if anybody should be doing right and being a witness, it should be me. The, the one who grew up in this family, you know, for, for 13, 14 years and goes to church every week and, you know, has been in Bible class every day, you know, first through eighth grade, it should be me. And I should, I should know better, but I just could not seem to overcome things. And I was trying to do it on my own because I felt that that's what God wanted me to do. Um, yeah. And that once I had figured it out, then I could come back and work something out with God. And honestly, this went on for a pretty long time. Um, I'd say all throughout high school. And it was, again, always kind of in the back of my mind. I thought about it pretty deeply sometimes, but I, I really tried to push it away. I didn't really want to think about it just mm. because, again, I felt guilty and I felt that I was, uh, you know, being a terrible daughter of God because I just wasn't living up to what God had you know, shown me. So this was kind of all going on, this self-esteem issues, um, how I felt about God, going to a new school. I was very angry um, at this time in my life, you know, angry at myself, angry at my body, angry at everybody else around me for bothering me when I just wanted to be alone. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, it was bad. My dad, so my dad and I clash. We have very uh, similar personalities in the sense of how we react with anger were very mm. similar so we just great on each other so there was a point where it was just every single day after school something would happen I'd lose my, my temper snap at my mom my sister my dad whoever was around and I would just sit down on the couch and he would lecture me for mm. about an hour and it and it wasn't completely his fault because if I had just accepted correction, you know, and been like, yes, Papa, you're right. I'm sorry. Um, let me go pray about it and I'll come back. No, <laughs> I just, you know, was combative at every turn. Like, leave me alone. Like, this wasn't my fault. Like, stop talking to me. So, yeah, anyway, <laughs> it was a very interesting um, time in my life. And so uh, after high school ended, I felt that... God was calling me to go canvassing and yeah. um, yes, uh, canvassing is kind of like 
going door to door. Cole portering is another word for it with these really awesome books, you know, books about health, books about God, storybooks about the Bible for children. And you go door to door and you pretty much just show people the books. And if they want to um, help you out with your schooling, they give you a donation and you give them a book. So they get the books, you get money for school or, you know, whatever. And so I really felt that God was calling me to do that. And by this point, I had slowly but surely started to kind of resolve my picture of who God was. I still wasn't, you know, where I should have been or where I needed to be. But, um, you know, God and I were on speaking terms. And I felt that he was calling me to Canvas. And um, I had kind of canvassed before Mm -hmm. uh, a couple times. and And I liked it. So I signed up. You liked <laughs> <just> it. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. So I signed up in March for the summer. And as I started getting closer and closer to when I was going to head off to um, the city to go canvas, I started getting kind of nervous and apprehensive just because I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. And I got there and everybody seemed really nice. And I was still kind of nervous, you know, because this isn't the way you should think about it, but this is the way I thought about it, that I had to go up to strangers and ask them for money. Mm. And I, and I really felt like, ugh, I did not want to do that, but I signed up and here I was. And then I realized that it was way worse than I thought it was going to be because I thought that we were going to be going door to door in neighborhoods, you know, and uh, talking to people in their homes, you know, outside their door And I realized that we were going to be canvassing in parking lots and gas stations. You know, when people are tired after coming out of the grocery store um, after shopping for like an hour and they want to go home, there I am popping out behind a car being like, hello, do you want a book? And it was just, oh, man, literally the worst possible thing I could have imagined. I know. And everything in me just box that was like no yeah because we we do go door to door to homes because I did canvas as well we did that at our evangelistic school but um businesses and like grocery (laughs) stores those can be I didn't mind them but um yeah no I'm the few of the many but gas stations is always so weird so yeah (laughs) so I yeah I was just like, oh, no, this is not for me. So that summer was really, really hard. Probably the hardest summer I've ever had because every day woke up and I felt like I was being led off to the gallows or something. Um, it was it was just it was really terrible. And I know that that, you know, the, looking back, I could have made it into something better. Me and God could have, you know, worked on it. Mm-hmm. But I was just terrified. And I, and I really didn't want to do it. And it was like, you wake up every morning dreading the day ahead of you. Every day, the whole summer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just, man, it was so hard. And it really, you know, they talk about the shaking that we're going to have in the end times where, you know, something really stressful and traumatic is going to happen to you. And you can either decide you're going to cling to God more tightly or you're going to give it up and walk away. Mm-hmm. Um that's kind of what that summer was for me. And, um, you know, no, no shade to canvassing. I do believe that it is the Lord's work and that, you know, he has called people to do that. And that's one of the big ways the gospel goes 
about and people are blessed and lives are changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it was just this, this mountain that I couldn't climb, didn't want to climb, was too tall, was terrifying. And um, so I, I really had to turn to God in that time. And that's what got me through that is just reading the Bible, these devotionals, um, you know, singing the songs that I grew up singing to give me comfort and to realize, you know, that it didn't matter um, if people rejected me or rude to me or mean to me, or if I didn't meet my quota for the day um, because I was doing this for God. And if I was doing this for God and if I was giving it my best, then that was going to be my reward. And he was proud of me, you know, whether or not I met, you know, the program standards. Mm. Um, And even knowing that, even having that relationship with God that got better over that summer, it was hard. And I think that's important because having God in your life does not mean that things are easy and that you're not scared and that things aren't hard. And and, and now you have God, so everything's fine. And that's not it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, having God gives you the strength to go through those difficult trials but that doesn't mean they're gone and sometimes you even get more trials now you're on God's side and you know the other side Satan's attacking you mm-hmm. and um, I think that's important you know for people to know that no no you know it's not a it's not the rainbow road once you sign up with God but it's so much better and sweeter and fuller than anything else and you've got the king of the universe with you you know like there's nothing that's outside of his will there So it was hard. It was hard, but I wouldn't go back and change it. And that really, that summer literally transformed me. Like Mm -hmm. I was a completely different person at the end. And I don't think times, the only way that you're transformed is through really tough, hard times. Mm -hmm. And so I, I did it and I was, you know, proud of myself for what I had achieved. And, um, how God had led me through it and how much better and deeper I, I learned about his love. But I was, I was done. I was done with canvassing, you know, I'd given it my best shot and um, I had done how many weeks? Something like 12, 16, something yeah. like, no, 12, 10, it was 10, <laughs> 10 weeks, 10 weeks. You know, that's a, that's a long time doing it five days a week, eight hours a day. Yeah. And so I felt, you know, God had called me. I went, I did it. Um, and now God was calling me somewhere else. And so as Camus mentioned, um, I felt now that God was calling me to go to the school of evangelism, to take a year off from school and pretty much dedicate that time to God and digging deeper into his word and learning, you know, health ministry, agriculture, all that sort of thing. So um, I went to this school called CORE, C-O-R-E, in um, Hamburg, Pennsylvania, and Camus, there was my roommate, yes. And I got there and I realized that we would be canvassing for the rest of the year. Um, so I was, I was riding this high from having just finished the summer of canvassing, being mm-hmm. like, you know, I could do anything with God at my side, like I, I had this. And then I got there and I just crashed because I could not go through it again. You know, I told God, I did it. I did it for you. I did it for you. I went, I I did the thing. 
but now I'm supposed to be finished, you know, but that wasn't God's plan for me. So I would genuinely say that that year, um, that January to December was the worst year of my life. Um, so (laughs) yeah, harsh. So I had that spring semester before I started canvassing me and a very close friend had a, had a pretty bad falling out. Um, and that really shook me. And then I had, um, this summer that was excruciatingly hard, you know, and then I had, I came to core and I was in this new place, um, away from home for the first time. I didn't know anybody. Um, there were only seven of us. So sometimes we really graded on each other. Um, small. (laughs) Yeah, it was small. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way, but sometimes we graded on each other. Yeah. Um, and I had to canvas. <laughs> yeah. And um, so it was really, really, really hard. And I had my life pretty easy up to that point. You know, yes, I really struggled with body image and that sort of thing. And high school was hard. And But I, I had like a really good family and a, and a house and, you know, food to eat and friends and, you know, activities and my car, which yes. I couldn't bring with me to core. Um, and I was like, you know what, I've had my life pretty easy up to this point, And now I'm going through some real hard times. Um, but once again, those hard times really, really brought me closer to the Lord. And um, just briefly, I, I do have this thing, kind of like a savior complex, where I really feel that if I love somebody enough, and if I... Um, care about them enough and if I'm there for them enough you know I can change them and fix them and whatever Mm -hmm. and so at core this like part of me was really challenged Mm -hmm. and God really showed me that I wasn't God and I can't replace the presence of God in somebody else's life that Mm -hmm. Jesus is the only one who can bring healing and transformation and change change somebody and I can be used as an instrument to help that process but I had been doing this you know pretty much all my life where not even intentionally but somebody you know would need help and would be struggling and you know I would be like I can help that person but then I would tie myself to it and you know count on myself so much to do the right thing all the time and the Lord was like no Anna I'm the life you know I'm the way it's not you (laughs) So, you know, you need to, you need to let go and you need to let me do this for other people. So that was something I, I really learned at core in the midst of all this. And um, it was really, really good for me being at core. It was my first time we had to do all these worships. Um, it was like every other week I had more early morning worship. And I never done that before, but it challenged me, you know, to go into God's word and to speak it out for myself. And then that added a little bit of pressure, a little bit of responsibility to bring that back to other people mm-hmm. and package it in a way that was worth listening to. Um, so it was a little taste of what it was like, you know, to be an ambassador for God to share his word. Yeah, because we had to prepare these like 10 to 15 minute long worships, like you're mm-hmm. saying, like every other week. So it was a little bit challenging. Yeah, uh, but I really, I grew so much from that. Like I just grew and I grew and I grew. And 
all the things that I learned when I was growing up, like all these biblical truths that I thought that I knew, now here at CORE, I really made it my own. Mm-hmm. Saw what the Bible said, where the Bible said, and I understood like how it all pieced together. And now I could go and I could confidently share that with somebody else. But before, like I believed it, but I didn't know why. Yeah. And I think that's so important um, because if you can't point somebody to the Bible to show where you got that belief and why you believe it, it it's just emptier. And so I, I really learned that. And um <laughs> You know, we were close. There were seven of us. So we got really close like this, this family, you know, families argue sometimes and they have falling outs, but your family and you always, you always fix it in the end. Mm-hmm. And so I really found my place. And it was the first time in my life that I really felt that I was heard and that people valued me outside of my family and mm-hmm. my church and that I belonged somewhere. And then and in March, we all had to go home. Yep. Of COVID. So it was, it was very abrupt. You know, I thought I had all this time until May to sort things out and yeah. to keep spending that time with God and to keep growing in this. It was kind of like a bubble, you know, mm-hmm. because all we were here for was to learn about and love God more and how to share that with others. And then yeah. it was just cut off. And I had to go home. And it was the challenge now of being in the real world and keeping that up and keeping up that relationship um, with God, you know, in the midst of having a job and going to school, yeah, um, you know, being home. And um, so I'm still learning even now how to do that. You know, um, I started school this past August, a new school, like I said, Southern in Collegedale, Tennessee. And it's very easy to get swept away from God in that, you know, your new friends, new places. And it's sad how easy it is to forget God sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that year that I had at CORE really laid that solid rock foundation for me to be able. I, I have the tools now in that relationship with God to be able to withstand, you know, anything that comes my way. And for the longest time, I didn't think that I had a testimony, mm-hmm. you know, like you would go to church or, or um, a youth convention or, or anything, or you would hear, the, hear these fantastical, but real and true testimonies, you know, of how powerfully God had worked in somebody's life, mm-hmm. you know, brought them out of the, the, the pits of hell, pretty much, to this, this glorious light. And I didn't have something like that, you know, like I, I grew up in a Christian family. I went to a Christian school. Sure. Yeah. I had trials and hard times, but everybody has those and nothing amazing ever happened to me. But what I've been realizing is that we need those testimonies sometimes where it's just you sharing your life and how God has worked in your life. And it's nothing you know, insane or crazy, because the vast majority of people don't have insane, crazy lives. And most people are just like me, you know, they're trying to get through this life. And there's come some really difficult times. And where's God, you know, and 
what is my relationship with him and how do I get out of this? I can't, I've been trying to do it on my own and I can't and I, and I want to, but I don't want to, but I want to. And it's like, that is the problem that a lot of people are facing. And I realized that simply just sharing quote unquote, a mundane, ordinary testimony is so important because it shows people that everybody does have a testimony. Mm-hmm. And even though you think your life is ordinary, you know, like you've never been kidnapped in Haiti or like, you know, seen an actual demon or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which is very important. Those stories are so important and they really strengthen me and I love them so much. Yeah. But we need more of those stories where God works in the lives of ordinary people. And that when you tell your testimony, those ordinary things actually become extraordinary because you see how God was working in all the little things, you know, how he brought me through that really turbulent time in high school when I didn't have friends. And he, he transformed me to give me confidence, you know, and love the body that he created for me. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, that's the kind of thing that, that people really need to hear. And when we only have those you know, super amazing testimonies, sometimes we feel as if we don't have one worth sharing. And I know that's how I felt, but that it's amazing how far God has brought me, Um, you know, through all those things. I still, my picture of God is not constantly changing, but it's constantly like growing and maturing and deepening. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I heard it one way, like a, like a paintbrush keeps like, you keep adding something to the picture, the palette. And then when you step back, it's like this full picture. But at the time, it's like, what what are all these colors and what are all these shapes? And it doesn't look like anything. Um, But that's kind of how God has been in my life. And, you know, there are so many things that I could that I could talk about. But, um, you know, it doesn't matter really where you come from and your background and if you grew up Christian or not. And if you went to a Christian school or not, because we all at the end of the day struggle with the exact same thing. Um, how do I overcome temptation? How do I get through hard times on my own? You know, where's God when I need him? And I think that what I've learned is that to go back to the Bible and to read that out for yourself and then to simply just allow God to work in your life and that he is absolutely going to take it from there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I had to share today and I'm young, I have a lot more time left, hopefully (laughs) on my life clock, uh, unless Jesus comes back, which I'm really hoping for. Um, so we'll see. That's my story so far, but it's not finished. Uh, I I'm ending with the comma so that the Um, sentence can continue. (laughs) I really love your story, Anna. And I love the fact that you brought out that mundane stories are important too, because since doing this podcast, me and my sister, we have to recruit a lot of people and we have to hear a lot of people's testimonies, which we love. But a lot of people will say, oh, I don't have a testimony. And it's like, well, has God done nothing for you in your life? Like, (laughs) you're like, no, of course you have one. Exactly. And like, the mundane ones are sometimes my most favorite because I can relate to them the best. And like, I love stories about like, oh, God brought me 
I learned about God in prison and I turned from like this gangster lifestyle and all of this. And it's like, man, those are awesome. Those are super cool. But I can't relate. Yeah. Um, and like lots of people can. And I love them and they're super blessing. But like the mundane ones is like my everyday life. Like you were talking about like coming to God and then walking away and then coming back. And it's like, this is a constant tug of war that I play with God. Yes. Um, and I think we all do because like you're saying, like we think we're God. It's like not intentional, but yeah. we take the place of God in our own life. And we're like, God, let me have control. Let mm-hmm. me run my life and do all of these things. And he's like, no, you have to give it to me. And when we give it to him, like, we feel like we're walking through trials. It's like canvassing. You're like, Lord, I have to give this to you, but I can't. This is awful. <laughs> oh, I didn't like canvassing very much, but it was such a blessing. Um, but like Anna was saying, because like, you have to give it back to God. Mm-hmm. And it's not about us or what we do or the fact that we <laughs> didn't reach the goal that day or right. we exceeded the goal. It was like, it all comes back to God. And like, yeah. God bless me today because yesterday I didn't get any books out. <laughs> and so like, that's what it comes back to. It's like yeah. these slow baby steps, like this playing this tug of war with God, but mm-hmm. like, when you're playing it, he slowly brings you closer to the line. So one day (laughs) you hopefully lose, but like, that's what our life consists of typically, or at least mine. And so I love the stories because it's like, I'm not alone in my struggle Mm -hmm. and I can learn from other people. Like, I love how you put, you know, like, you know, learning to not be God. Like, I was really impressed the other day. Like, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't right. convict and change people. It's Even only if God. you really want to. <laughs> all the time. All the time. I, like, meet these people. I'm like, oh, I could only do this. Or they're like, I know I need to give my life to God. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, you can't put it off. Because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And they're like, yeah, I know that. And I'm like, but you're not doing it right now. Um, but like, I get it. <laughs> not God. And like, we're slowly learning this our whole lives through. Like, we can't fix everything. We can't do everything. We're not God. And like, just playing this tug of war with God and slowly giving him back control and learning to like who we are as a person, like, whether it's our body image or like our insides mm-hmm. or our personalities or whatever it is. Um, yeah. It's like this constant little tug and pull mm-hmm. and things that we're learning yeah. about ourselves. And yeah, <laughs> I love your testimony for a lot of reasons. So um, no, praise God. I love that. We all have a testimony. We're all literally that we're not God and, slowly giving god control because for some reason we don't think we can trust the creator of the universe (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a little silly but it's true yeah no that's cool well thank you for sharing i love it even though for having me yes been an honor always you know an honor when um you can share what god has done for you with other people and point that back to him so yes thank you camus even for just, you know, putting together this podcast, like I've really seen God working in your life and your sister's life. 
and I think this is an amazing ministry. So yeah, I'm so honored that I could be part of it all. Oh, we're really great to have you and to just hear like this simple story of just like like I was saying, you know, learning that to give God control, that he's there mm-hmm. for us, that he's a loving God, and that we're not him, right. and that when he's in control, <laughs> it's a good thing. And yes, those trials of life that refine us. I love your story, and thank you for coming and yes, being on the podcast. So, Thanks um, for having me. All right, everybody, tune in next week for Kylie and whoever she's recording. Bye. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page, that is God is Real, God is Good Podcast, or you can email us at God is Real, God is Good Podcast at gmail.com. Bye!